Podcast stuff. <laughs> Ranking all them old Beatles songs. Some people claim that there's a woman to blame, but I know it's not Yoko's fault. Oh, nice. Yeah. R.I.P. Jimmy B. A little tribute to the late great Jimmy Buffett. Recently passed away. Felt thought, felt appropriate. I thought you were gonna be like. Uh, some people say there's a woman to blame, but it's just my co-host or something oh, like that. <laughs> that should have done that. Uh. I like that one. I like yours too. Okay, so it could have gone both alternate ways. A, alternate version. But I know dip, 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 dip. it's just my co-host. Dip, 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 dip. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Welcome everybody to episode. What is this? 106. My God, of ranking the Beatles. <sighs> How's it going? I'm Jonathan over here to my left, as always. My beautiful partner, Julia. How Hi. are you, my love? I'm good. Good? Yeah. It's good I'm, to see you. I'm excited to report that we met our pod pals. Guys. Blatto yeah. Beatles. A lot has gone on since we last <laughs> talked. Um, as you may know, we just took this rather lengthy break. Sorry. Thank you for your patience. Um, <laughs> came back with an episode last week uh, on Here, There, and Everywhere at 111. Mm-hmm. I was sufficiently dragged in the comments on some platforms. Yeah. Rightfully so, because as I said in the episode, I blew it. And maybe some of you that dragged me didn't listen to the episode. Didn't hear my <laughs> mea culpa, but whatever. Um, Folks, listen to but the episode. But also, I do want to say, before I talk about what we did in Boston, uh-huh. uh, we got some really nice comments in the last week from listeners that we've never heard from before. Um, and I saw that we have like a whole bunch of new listeners, like all over the place. Hi, new friends. Which is amazing. Hello, new friends. Um, thank you all for the super nice emails and DMs and tweets and messages and stuff. Uh, that really makes us feel good to know that people listen to our show. And they don't hate it. Yeah. And that you don't hate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you for that. If you are new around these parts, welcome. Uh, we'd love to have you here. And, uh. Yeah, if you're enjoying it, leave a, a review would be helpful. We mm. I like reviews. Reviews yeah. make us feel good. That's nice. Yeah, it's nice to get that 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 feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we just got back from a little vacation to Boston where uh, we saw last week's guest, Dave Depper, uh, with his band Death Cab for Cutie. They were playing and they killed as they always do. Yes, he also played with the Postal Service. He also played with the Postal Service. That's pretty uh, great. Who have not killed in 10 years. Because they but, have not played in 10 years. Right, but they absolutely killed. But they killed. Yeah. yeah. It was a great night. Yeah. Great show. Spectacular show. I enjoyed every second of it. And, uh, you know, one of the great things about this podcast is we've gotten to really meet all these cool people and become friendly with them uh, and, you know, gotten to hang out with Dave and things like that. But then also other Beatle podcasters and people in the Beatle media universe uh, is super cool. Um, you know, like like Kid O'Toole, who's a really fantastic person. We love chatting to her. I'm super excited that she's here. Um, as you've probably heard if you listen to our show, we have done crossover episodes a number of times with Blotto Beatles, who live up in the Boston area. And we got together with them. They were like our OG pod pals. Yeah. Like they reached out right when we started ranking the Beatles and they were just starting Blotto Beatles. And it was like, hey, we're kind of doing the same thing, but we're drinking when we do it. Uh, so, <laughs> Let's be friends. <laughs> yeah, so we became friends with them. And now we're like friends in real life. And That's it was really, really cool. We got yeah. to hang out with them. Lovely fellas. Yes. Lovely people. So nice. I had such a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really fun. And I know you said they give great hugs. And they did. They did. They yes. gave the best pair hugs. It was wonderful. Taller than I thought they would be in real life. I did say when, so we all met up at a bar first to have some drinks. And um, as they walked in, I was like, we all have legs. Because <laughs> we're all just, you yeah. know, we see each other from like shoulders up on a Zoom. Yeah. And that's it. So it was really funny. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty good joke. It I, was a lovely time. It was a lovely time. It was really great. I laughed a lot. Yes. I think I laughed till I cried a couple of times. Yes. Well, it was, that probably happened. It was good hangs, man. Good times. The uh, the gifts that this podcast gives us are uh, different and strange and fun and wonderful. And I love them. <laughs> They're great. It's just cool. I mean, we've met all these you know fun people and, you know, just it's a new world that I didn't think we'd have ever found ourselves oh, in. New world. 
a whole new world. <laughs> Sorry. Going Peebo Bryson on you right now. <laughs> is that who else is who does that with Peebo Bryson? That would be Regina Bell. Listeners, he looked that up. Don't let him fool you. The he magic of editing that. makes it sound like I knew that off the top of my head. No. Uh, Regina Bell. Yeah. A great song though. It's a jam. But yeah, we do love our place here in, in, in Beetle World. So if you are uh, new to this podcast, it gets very silly and it, it's a lot of fun. And uh, it's all for the love of this uh, ridiculous, ridiculously good song catalog yep. that I'm a big fan of. So. Speaking of, let's get to it. I love the way you transitioned that. Very well done. <laughs> uh, gang, let's talk about our guest this week. Our returning guest today is known as the queen of Beatles media. She is a Chicago-based writer and journalist. She's the author of Songs We Were Singing, Guided Tours Through the Beatles' Lesser Known Tracks, uh, as well as Michael Jackson FAQ, All That's Left to Know About the King of Pop, and she co-edited with Ken Womack, uh, Fandom and the Beatles, the act you've known for all these years. She's also a longtime writer and associate editor for Beatle Fan Magazine, uh, a review and, quote, deep Beatles columnist for Something Else Review, uh, the deep soul columnist for Blinded by Sound, and a regular speaker at the Fest for Beatles Fans, which she just returned from after doing seven panels at the Fest. That's insane. That's a lot of talking. That's a lot of talking. Um, she's presented at the Grand Museum of Mississippi and written chapters for several academic uh, collections. She's currently a co-host of the popular and long-running Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast, as well as a new one entitled Toppermost of the Poppermost. And this fall is teaching a course on the British invasion through Monmouth University, which you can sign up to take online right now. Info in the show notes. Friends, let's get into it. Please welcome back to the show the one and only Kit O'Toole. Kit, welcome back to Ranking the Beatles. How are you? It's so good to see you. Oh, it's so great to be back. Thank you so much uh, for having me. Always a lot of fun to be on this show. Yeah, it's funny. I, I feel like we've had a couple of guests recently that have been like scheduling nightmares on our part where we've like rescheduled things like three and four times. So as always, thank you for your patience and your flexibility and kindness. It is much appreciated. Oh, of course. I'm just glad to finally be doing this. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah. How have you been? I know you've been super busy. You just got back from, uh, from the fest in Chicago. How was that? Oh, it was so much fun. Um, you know, it was great. Uh, we were just talking off air. Uh, the uh, uh, attendance was was uh, up this year. You know, it seems like things are starting to get back to normal now. And so it was great to see everybody. Uh, Patty Boyd was the main guest. Yeah. And so it was, uh, you know, so that was a big draw. Um, I was uh, on seven panels. Uh, on uh, this year. <laughs> Yeah, some, somehow I, I managed to get on seven panels. Uh, that wasn't entirely planned, but you know, you got to roll with it. I feel um, like if but... I did that, I would just be like, I don't even like the Beatles anymore. I can't, <laughs> start, I can't well, possibly start talk. spouting off Rolling Stones minute. facts. <laughs> I can't possibly talk <laughs> another minute about the Beatles. I quit. <laughs> Lots of caffeine oh my was, gosh. Uh, was was drunk at, at this fest. Let's put imagine. it that way. Mm. Um, but uh, Talk More Talk, um, the uh, pop, you know, one of the video casts uh, mm. that I co-host, we did a uh, live uh, episode there. And then the other uh, podcast that uh, I just started along with my friend Ed Chen and uh, Martin uh, Quibell last year, uh, Toppermost of the Poppermost, uh, we made our debut. Uh, Martin wasn't able to join us. He's in England. Mm -hmm. uh, but Ed and I um, made our debut there. That was a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, yep. So we did that. And then I was on a panel with uh, Andy Nichols from Two Legs and Alan Cozen, who uh, I believe that was his first Chicago Fest. Oh, so cool. we... Yeah, so we got to do a panel about the 50th anniversary of Band on the Run, mm -hmm. and and uh, just a lot of uh, just fun, fun um, panels, and it was great to see a real variety of ages. Yeah, this year, I mean, there were there was a trio of of these three. I'd say maybe late teens, maybe twenty at tops, who came to all of these different. Um, uh, you know, panels and, and some of the podcast tapings mm -hmm. and boy, they knew their stuff. Nice. I, I was so impressed. So I'm optimistic about the future. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. When, when y'all do the live podcast tapings, how do those work? Like, 
do you involve the people that are there watching or, or is it, do you just kind of do it with people in attendance in the room or in the space? We do that. We try to involve as much as possible the people that are attending it and, you know, and we record it mm -hmm. and then put it out for, you know, I wish we could do the, the whole thing live and broadcast it live, yeah. but, uh, but it's, it's the, you know, the, uh, uh, it's just too hard with the logistics, but, and, uh, the hotel wonky Wi-Fi, but, uh, but <laughs> yeah. the, <laughs> let's put it that way. Right. But, uh, but we try to involve the audience as much as possible and, uh, and they really enjoy it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, obviously at Beetlefest, you have a very knowledgeable and passionate audience. Yeah. And yeah. so they're, they're only too happy to, to get involved. So, uh, and, and, you know, but in a positive way, in a positive okay. way, but, but it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but it's great though, because you get to see your audience face to face, mm -hmm. you know, and they, and it's so wonderful to have them come up to you and say, I listen to your show all the time and, and really enjoy it. Cause you obviously don't get to interact with them yeah. all the time. For sure. You know, so that's the great thing about the fest is, is getting to meet your listeners face to face. Yeah. yeah. See, this is, this is the angle you're missing for getting me to Beatles fest. <laughs> you bring me there see? so people can tell me how great I am. <laughs> Well, I remember you and you guys, if, if you come commercial, commercial next yeah. year, <laughs> no pressure or anything. Right. But one one time I was walking down one of the hallways to to go to a panel and this random guy came running out, pointed at me and said, talk more talk. <laughs> You're like, what did I do? Yeah. And okay. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Love your show. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> so enthusiastic. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> oh my so goodness. You never know who's listening. Yeah. That's so yeah. funny. How so funny. funny. Yeah, we we really need to make an effort uh in the new year to go. We always talk about it and then we say we're going to, and then something comes up. We just gotta block it off and commit. We do. New, now yep. the New York Fest is the weekend like uh, Mardi Gras weekend 2024 mm -hmm. so that's our thing is like hmm dude can we skip Mardi Gras like we've never skipped Mardi Gras yeah but I'm oh, kind sure of okay skipping can. Mardi Gras I'm kind of okay <laughs> sure with it you can like I think we, we we put the house up for rent oh my god find a stop. nice family let oh them come gosh. in and take care of it Make some there money on the go. joint. You're a mess. I'm not <laughs> renting out our house for Mardi Gras. I do not want people that come in for Mardi Gras to stay Listeners, in Listeners, if you want to come to Mardi Gras and rent a house, let us know. Oh, my <laughs> You gosh. can rent our house. Uh, I should take that back. That, you should, yeah. <laughs> we'll get taken advantage of on that. Um, and then the city's going to come after us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what else is going on? I know you've got like a million podcasts and you're teaching courses at Monmouth University. Like you've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. So like – how do you do um, all this? How do you juggle a, all the things you do? <laughs> it, it's it's a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm starting a, a class. I'm actually starting this Monday. So by the time this episode comes out, probably it'll be after this class. But it will uh, be the, the day next... after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, but but uh, but there'll be uh, time to register for my class. That'll be in December. Uh, I'm teaching a four part class on the British invasion. Awesome. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited about it. And uh, part one that will be starting uh, very soon will be uh, the beginnings of it. Actually, the the uh, birth of it, the uh, influences and all like what led to the British invasion, uh, you know, the, the birth of British rock in Britain and then what the music scene looked like in America right before mm. uh, the British invasion hit. And then part two, which will be in December, is when the Beatles, Jerry and the Pacemakers, you know, the first wave mm -hmm. of the British invasion hit. Oh, fine. And, nice. uh, yep. So I'm, I'm so excited I, to teach this. It's, yeah. uh, it, and I've, I've loved uh, teaching these courses. Uh, the last series I taught was basically the birth of rock and roll, the, the roots of rock and roll, mm -hmm. actually, I, I should say. And, and, you know, talking about how rock is just such a melting pot of all different genres. Yeah. And, uh, and so I've just had a blast uh, teaching these courses. So, yes, I'm doing that. Um, is and, there going to um, be a part three where it's like the 90s British invasion? Yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? I am doing 
part three uh, and parts three and four. I'm not sure when those are going to be. I mean, it'll be next year. I don't know the times yet, but part three will be like the third wave uh, or the second wave, excuse me, of the British invasion, which will be the late sixties and into the seventies, mm -hmm. uh, which will be of course more like, you know, Led Zeppelin and, you know, so more of the psychedelic rock mm -hmm. and, and blues rock. And then part, uh, the part four of the class will be uh, the next wave, which will be the eighties. Nice. So, and, and then that, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, that's that's my so generation. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is totally up like many, many alleys that I like. <laughs> I feel like you should Absolutely. have Jonathan as like your adjunct when you get to the 90s to like. There you go. You do like a Britpop, a Britpop uh, class. Britpop. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to get a little bit into that. Yeah. I'm going to get, you know, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get some, some into that. So yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun to teach. Oh Amazing. my gosh. That sounds so cool. Yeah. I love that. Just like little little chunks of time each course that sounds mm -hmm. really cool to do a deep dive and of like the, not just the Beatles but the whole the whole genre the whole British invasion like sorry my brain is not that's what I thought yeah because that's what I thought because I thought you know everybody knows I mean of course <laughs> he'll be on the show of course we love to talk about the Beatles right <laughs> but uh but I thought but there's more to the British invasion than that mm -hmm. I mean there's you know there's so many great groups and I thought oh my gosh I get you know these classes are two nights mm -hmm. uh two weeks of you know one night a week and I thought my god how am I going to cover all this right and yeah. so I thought I'm going to have to split this up yeah uh, to give it the attention it deserves so i thought okay let's break this up into you know chunks of time mm -hmm. and uh and so that's that's why i decided to do this as a series and uh cool. so yeah really looking forward to this i've been having fun researching it and uh and you know so i'm going to be kind of doing you know the british side and then the american side you know mm -hmm. the british side of course how it developed and then the american side how it affected us mm -hmm. so, Nice. This is going to be super cool. Yeah. I'm going to have yeah. to see if I can sign up for this because I want to do this. <laughs> sure. I'll send you all the information. Please do. Absolutely. I'm like, what day are the classes? To. Can I watch them after the session if I can't, if I have a gig or something? Yes. Oh. Yes, you can. Oh. oh. Yes, you can. He's like, I'm in. Uh, put it yeah. on the calendar. I love this. This is, this is the continuing education that my parents pushed me to, to do that now I need to, I need to do now that I'm in my 40s. Yes. There yep. you go. There, there is... no, and no grades. There are no grades. Better. There's a little homework, but it's fun. No. <laughs> No essays yeah. or anything like that. Nice. Oh, <laughs> oh no, you have to go listen to the Kings. Oh no. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> How can I do this? Oh man. You well, can do it. You can do it. Thank you. You're an inspiring teacher. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, that is super cool, kid. That's really, really cool. Congratulations on that. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. And talk, talk more talk is good. And uh, I'll... talk more talk. We will be back uh, with new episodes starting in October. Um, we. Talk Took a summer hiatus, and then, uh, as as you guys can well uh, relate, our schedules have just been yeah. not matching up very well <laughs> yeah. uh, in September. So, but we will be back uh, next month, and we've got a lot to talk about. A lot of anniversaries coming up. Plus, mm -hmm. uh, Ken Womack's, of course, book we've all been anticipating yes. on Mel Evans. Mm -hmm. We are going to have him on to discuss the book. We've got a lot of great episodes coming up. So, uh, so we're doing that. Uh, and then toppermost of the poppermost, and uh, that's uh, we're tracing the Beatles on the charts from the time they debuted Fine. with Love Me Do Britain. And we are looking at uh, the British charts, obviously, and the American. And we talk about not just them, but artists, the other artists on the charts, some that had a direct connection to the Beatles and others that may not have had a you know, direct connection, but some that may have influenced them mm -hmm. or some that are just plain quirky. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and boy, have we found some quirky artists oh, that sure. uh, have some interesting stories. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we are in fact uh, going to be recording a new episode, the September uh, 1963 charts uh, next week. So, uh, okay. so we'll have a new episode go going up very soon. Excellent. Cool. Super yeah. cool. When I think quirky 60s artists, I automatically think of, um, uh, what's that song? Uh, They're Coming to Take Me Away. Ha ha. <laughs> Is it, mm -hmm. what, what is it? It's yep. Napoleon the 16th or something? Yeah. 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 Yep. <laughs> yep. There are some songs that we cover where you just think, how was this a hit? Right. Yeah. <laughs> how, why, why was this a hit? You know, just really interesting, interesting stuff. I have this <laughs> we, very vivid memory with, with that song 
of hearing it on like a uh, a Weird Al or like Doctor Demento cassette that oh, I got yeah. at some point mm-hmm. in like the late '80s, early '90s, and having it on my room. My dad coming and going, "I hate this song so much. Please turn it <laughs> off." <laughs> like, okay, sorry, Dad. That's funny. But, yeah, that's a yeah. weird song. I also oh, associate that with. You've probably never met her, but our old when my sister and I were little tots, our babysitter lived two doors down. It was like our neighbor two doors down. They had a teenage daughter who would sometimes watch us, and we loved her because she was like so pretty. And we were just like, "Oh, Wendy, you're the best." She was like so nice and pretty, and she for some reason like had that on a record and would play it. <laughs> that song and um, it's my party, and I'll cry if, if I, I want, want to. to yeah. She oh, would yeah. play both of those songs on records. And for some reason, those two songs I always associate with her. It's very weird. Interesting. And she was like a teen <laughs> in the 80s. So I'm like, I don't know why you were listening to this, but go with it. Yeah. <laughs> you never know what, what the teens are into. That's true. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, man. Absolutely. Well, yeah. let's um let's turn our uh, attention a little bit and talk some, some Beatles. I'm always excited to talk about the help period because I feel like it kind of gets – a bit, I you know I feel like there's a school of thought that looks at both the album and the film as kind of like lackluster and a bit of a letdown. Like the movie is not seen as as, as charming or fun as a Hard Day's Night. The album's not as exciting as the stuff before it. It's not as mature as what comes up, you know, six months later with Rubber Soul. And you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think well maybe there's some weight to it, like. You know, the film, I think, you know, maybe they're a bit more blase in the whole thing, but I think maybe it's a bit more accurate to like how they personal, like personality wise might have actually been. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the album is, you know, an interesting place where it's kind of like the, the puppy with the paws that are too big and they don't know what to do with it yet. Like they're growing and maturing so fast. And like some of the songs are jumping really far ahead. Some of them aren't there yet. So it's kind of like this neat, like growth period that I think is really interesting. How do you view the help project like album and film? How does that hold up for you? Well, I mean, you know, the film is obviously, you know, different in many ways than hard days night. And I, I think, you know, it, you have to look at it differently. I think than hard days night in some ways, you know, it might be unfair to compare them exactly because, you know, help is, is so different. I mean, I, it's, it's really an example of pop art. Mm-hmm. I, I think of the time, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of uh, like uh, Batman, you know, the yeah. Batman TV series with the, I mean, it kind of for, I think foreshadowed it, you know, with the kind of, you know, expecting to see the the words, you know, pow, zam, <laughs> you know, kind of <laughs> you know, on the, on the screen. Um, and, uh, you know, and obviously not just that it's in color, but I mean, the colors just jump Gorgeous. out at you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. It really is. And, um, and I like that it's, it's so self-aware um you know that that the beatles will talk directly at the camera mm-hmm. um and uh and that it's it's i mean they just it winking at you the whole time like they just know <laughs> you know that everybody knows that this is just silly yeah the, the plot's silly um and uh, you know it doesn't mean anything right um and and so it's it's kind of making fun of of the art of movie making in some ways mm-hmm. um and you know and i mean and when we of course have seen interviews uh with the uh, with the, the four of them later on they talked about i mean there wasn't really a plot it was like hey we always wanted to go skiing okay let's let's go and do <laughs> you know do this segment hey what, let's go to the bahamas okay let's do that <laughs> right. we'll do these, you know. yeah cool you know and so i i think it it just has that spirit to it um and i think the the video like the music video segments in it are great mm-hmm. i mean i i really do i think um you know the another girl segment is is terrific i mean it's a music video that could stand on its own 100 percent. Uh, you know th- some of those segments of course the ticket to ride mm-hmm. i mean that is that's a terrific segment yeah. you're gonna um, lose that girl is just like one of my favorite yes Exactly. Um, you know, so many, um, you know, incredible uh, segments like that. Um, so, you know, whereas I think, you know, A Hard Day's Night, maybe you could say it hangs together 
maybe a little better as a full film, you know, like a story. But with Help, it's a different kind of, of film. I don't think it's meant to be a coherent plot kind of, <laughs> you know, work of art yeah. like that. It's fun. It's a fun romp. And uh, and I think on its own, it, it's, it has its great merits. Now, as far as the soundtrack goes, um, yeah, I think it's it's also really unfair um, and uh, to say, oh, it's not as, as good. And, you know, because, in fact, I think you can look at it as a real step in, in their growth, mm-hmm. you know, that I mean, this is you're seeing them uh, start to experiment you know, with some different sounds. I mean, you're starting to see them mature. You're starting to see them head toward rubber sole, yeah. you know, in their acoustic kind of sound. I mean, you're, you know, this is previewing mm-hmm. a lot of what we're going to see uh, in, in later. So including, you know, some of what we're going to be talking about uh, today Yeah. Um, in this episode, they're starting to experiment even more in the studio with different sounds. Mm. And, and there are some great songs on this soundtrack. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe people dismiss it because some, not everybody, of course, because it's a soundtrack. I yeah. mean, I don't know. Yeah. That that's an interesting school of thought because, you know, I feel like, even songs that are in the film, I think often get forgotten about. Like another girl is like never brought up in conversation or yeah. you're going to lose that girl. Never brought up in a conversation, um, no. but really great songs. But at the same time, you've also got songs that are kind of throwaways, you know, like uh, it's only love, which I think is great. And John's like, it's a piece of garbage. I wrote it in five minutes because I <laughs> needed something for the record. Um you know, George has a great song in uh, I Need You, but also has You Like Me Too Much, which is kind of clunky and weird and oddly misogynistic and like just weird. You know, it's a weird sounding song. Um, so, yeah, there's like a lot of like in between, you know, phase spots for them on this record. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. It's an in between yeah. kind of record. I mean, as I said, you really see them starting to experiment with their sound, trying to, you know, experimenting acoustically and and, and in other ways and, and in their songwriting, mm-hmm. um, you know, being reflective. And, all. and as I said, they're moving, you know, we're starting to move toward rubber soul. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's really interesting. I, this is, to me, a real sort of a transitional period mm-hmm. for them. Help was actually the first CD I ever bought. Oh. The first compact oh, disc really? I ever bought. Didn't even have a CD player. My sister had one, uh-huh. and I was like, well, I can buy this and then listen to it when she's not here. And then she got wind of that and oh. didn't like that. <laughs> so, Uh-oh. <laughs> so it Uh-oh. took me a minute to get money to get the CD player. But, Yikes. Yeah. But yeah, well, CD the, players were expensive back were, in the day. They mm-hmm. were. But, uh, yeah, I definitely had to wait for like a Christmas present. Yeah. I asked for one for Christmas. I that's like, when I got mine. It was yeah. a Christmas gift. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yep. I don't have that kind of money. Mom, dad. And they were like, it's going to be your big gift. I'm like, that's fine. It's just, I want one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I think I was I a senior in high school when I got mine. Yeah. yeah. It was a Christmas gift. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yep. Oh, I had to have it. My first CD was uh, Nirvana's In Utero. You're such a cooler kid than I, I was, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, my friends were getting, yeah, like, in utero or getting, you know, um, oh God, like Beastie Boys maybe or like Coolio or <laughs> Vanilla Ice, some early 90s stuff. And oh I was like, gosh. I'm going to buy Help by the Beatles. <laughs> Kid, do you remember your first CD? I, I am embarrassed to say it was when Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young briefly reunited. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, yeah. Um, I think it was called American Dream. Is I think that was the name like the of the boat? album. They're on like a boat on the cover. Of no, it? no, that was early eighties. Okay, okay. Yeah, this was like eighty nine. I think it was that okay. they re- briefly reunited, and the album got terrible reviews. Right. Oh, no. I mean, like when you read it now, and it wasn't very good. Yeah. I mean, when I got it, we had like one good song on Ugh. it, and that's why I wanted it. Yeah. yeah. It was, and I think it was the title track, mm. and so that was my first CD. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, I'm, there's, I'm sure there's much worse choices out there, Kit. Yeah. Oh yes, much For worse, sure. much For worse. Sure. Yeah, I think exactly. CDs are coming back though. Which is yes, kind of shocking. Are. There's like yeah. a resurgence, and I've got hundreds of them from my own band in a closet. If anybody wants them, like, I will gladly <laughs> give them away for free. Put them up on Discogs. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
<laughs> well, let's uh, let's jump into the song of the week then, my friends. Coming in at number one ten is "I Need You." You don't realize how much I need you. Love you all the time and never leave you. Please come on back to me. I'm lonely as can be. I need you. Said you had a thing or two to tell me. How was I to know you would upset me? I didn't realize as I looked in your eyes you told me oh yes you told me you don't want my loving anymore that's when it hurt me I'm feeling like this I just can't go on anymore please remember in comparison to his chief songwriting bandmates songwriting came later in the game for George Harrison after turning in his first self-penned composition the rather dour don't bother me on the band's second album he was unable to complete anything up to snuff for both A Hard Day's Night or Beatles for Sale, relying on a John and Paul song and a Carl Perkins song to cover his quota for those two. Now, he's on record in interviews around this time stating that it just took him a little while to complete a song. And he had a few in various states, but he just wasn't quick at writing. Fortunately, he had some time to finally get a couple wrapped up at the beginning of 1965, including on February 10th, where he and John got together to work into the early hours of the next day in order to finish up the song, I Need You. Now, of the 11 songs the band submitted to fulfill the seven-song quota director Richard Lester had for the band's second film, George had two songs, I Need You and one of Julia's favorites, You Like Me Too Much. Mm. Thankfully, Lester opted to use I Need You. Now, the band entered into the studio uh, for the first session of 1965 on February 15th with I Need You being the second song they worked on that day. Uh, and with them already looking to the future, like we were just talking about, and trying to find new sounds and ideas, this recording features a bit different lineup for the band. Uh, now, George leads the track playing rhythm guitar and a nylon string Spanish guitar. Paul, of course, holds down bass. Now, Ringo taps out a beat on the back of an acoustic guitar while John plays drums or drum, I guess is more accurate, uh, just the snare drum on the two and the four. Uh, George then adds his lead vocal overdub with backing harmonies from John and Paul, as well as a cowbell from Ringo. Now, they return to the studio the following day, and George, John, and Paul all retract their vocals. And at this point, the band turned their attention to George's lead guitar part, featuring their first use of a distinctive volume pedal sound. Now, a volume pedal is built kind of the same way a wah-wah pedal is. If you, now, if you don't play guitar, it's a pedal that you cock back and forth with your foot. And either like, For a volume pedal, it allows an increase and decrease of volume. Um, it's a tricky pedal to use well, and it does seem there's a bit of confusion as to exactly how the band used it on the track. As George talks in a few instances about where he plays the guitar part while John knelt in front of him and worked the pedal with his hands, but, or alternately says maybe he worked the volume knob on the guitar itself. Now, they would use the same pedal later that day to record the lead guitar for the eventual Ticket to Ride B-side, Yes It Is. Uh, this song was featured on the, uh, in the film Help as George's lead vocal moment where the band are forced, for security reasons, to record the song in a field next to Stonehenge, surrounded by tanks and soldiers, as one does in a security risk situation. Yes. Um, the song was released uh, in August of 65 on the Help album and soundtrack, was never performed live by the band or by George Solo, though it was covered by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers at the concert for George in 2002. So, why do I have I Need You at 110? Now, this song has always been, pardon the pun, a bit of a dark horse for me. Uh, uh, as, far, <laughs> uh, as far as George's Beatle tracks go. Uh, I think it definitely deserves some acclaim for being, you know, his second self-penned track to hit a Beatles record, especially after a year of producing no songs for the band. Um, now, I'm really a fan of the sound of this track because it, it is something really different. The use of a nylon string guitar as the primary rhythm instrument was never a trick the band used often. I can't think of many other times they actually did that with that as the rhythm, uh, the rhythm track instrument. Uh, and it gives the drive of a song a really distinctive percussive feel. Now, that feel also owes a lot to the drum and percussion track. Uh, and I've always felt there was something rhythmically different happening here. 
Uh, I couldn't figure out what it was. It didn't seem like bongos or a regular drum kit. So when I was researching this and learned for the first time, I was, to, you know, this month, years old or whatever, uh, that it's Ringo on the back of an acoustic guitar. That was a big, big surprise for me. And that it was John playing drums. I did not know this until I researched this episode. Uh, now, John's not doing anything complicated. He's literally just hitting the snare on the two and the four. Uh, but, you know, with drummers, compared to the way that Ringo plays, where he sits kind of behind the beat, you know, it's like microseconds behind the actual count. Um, and John plays more on the front of the beat where he's almost rushing a bit, uh, which kind of that also kind of mirrors the way that George plays rhythm guitar. Uh, they're very, you know, humans just instinctively play instruments differently. Some rush, some sit back a little bit. Um, so it's just there's a difference there. And also John doesn't play the bass drum. So it gives the track a really a bit of a different weight sonically. Uh, somehow, you know, it seems propulsive, even though it's not really an energetic song. So it's an unusual vibe for the band. Uh, Paul's doing some really interesting stuff on the bass. He's rarely ever sitting on the root note of the chord. Uh, he's kind of playing around in the scale, which adds a really harmonic, a really cool harmonic element to the song. And this is a trick Brian Wilson does a lot. And I know I feel like we just talked about Brian Wilson in the last couple episodes. Um, uh, the song Please Let Me Wonder features a lot of really similar bass moves. And that song was released like right at the same time the Beatles recorded this. So I wonder if Paul's maybe hearing that and picking up these kind of moves as well from Brian's records. Um, you know, and the volume pedal is kind of charming. It's not really performed well as a part, but it works in its own way. Um, it, it kind of creates this hook, even if it feels a little clumsy, you know, and it, I think it feels even maybe clumsier on Yes, It Is. Um, but it's neat. I like it. Um, and I think George really hits on something with this song, though. You know, supposedly he wrote it during a time when he and Patty Boyd were having some issues or maybe briefly split up. And George had, you know, kind of thus far in his songs and in his persona come off as really guarded, almost standoffish and brooding. But on this song, I think he comes across as really vulnerable and open. And it sounds like he's really meaning what he's selling. Like, lyrically, it's not the greatest thing in the world. It's fairly rudimentary. He's rhyming you with you, me with me, uh, <laughs> realize and eyes, uh, very basic rhyming structures. But melodically, it, it's, uh, it's very emotional and real and feels good, you know. John is really starting to open up on this record as a writer as well with tracks like Help, uh, You've Got to Hide Your Love Away. And he's moving away from the idea of like writing a pool, as he called it, or like just aiming for the chart. And George seems to follow suit here. Like he knows the odds of getting a single are really small. So he can really just kind of be more himself and actually maybe sing about his life. Uh, so this song has always kind of felt real to me. And it's really a bit of a heartbreaker. And it's one that I think deserves more love than it gets. Uh, that's just my two cents, though. Uh, Kit, I throw it to you. Take it away. All right. Well, I, you know, I was kind of, it was sort of like the last time uh, I was on your show. I don't know how you pick songs that are personal <laughs> favorites of mine. Uh, this was another one nice. uh, that I think is on your, I mean, it's like weird ESP. Right. Um, because this is, <laughs> this has always been, uh, I think, a, a real underrated uh, song. I've always had the, uh, soft spot in my heart for this one um yeah i think this really shows uh you know how rapidly uh george was growing as a songwriter i mean you know from don't bother me to this mm -hmm. uh, you know he's really uh i think taking some you know some risks here you know sonically and and all i mean really has shown some growth um i totally agree with what you said about showing vulnerability here um you know in the lyrics um, clearly influenced by his relationship with Patty Boyd, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, maybe some, uh, maybe a tumultuous relationship at this point, we don't know for sure what was going on, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, really showing that he's clearly afraid of losing her, um, and, uh, you know, and putting himself in that position of, you know, I need you, you know, that, uh, that he's clearly, um, you know, afraid of of losing her love. And so, you know, putting himself, you know, the narrator in, in that kind of position um, is, you know, that's a that's a pretty, uh, pretty nervy kind of uh, 
a standpoint, you know, to take in a, in a song. And so, you know, so it's notable for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to disagree with you on the guitar uh, with the volume pedal. I think that's one of the big highlights of the song for me. Yeah. It may not be executed perfectly. Right. I mean, I, I agree with you there. I think we agree. Like, I like it as a hook, and I think it works really well. Mm-hmm. As a mm-hmm. guitar player, I'm like, that's really clumsy. <laughs> yeah, it's not executed perfectly. Yeah, but I, agree I think it's with great. I, as a hook, I think it's great. I'm with you on that. We're on the same page. But I, that's what grabbed me when yeah. I first heard the song. I, I, You know, when I was much, much younger and I first started getting into the Beatles, I just thought, what is that? Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and and I just, you know, like, what is that sound? And um, and I just love that. Um, you know, it, it uh, almost, uh, you know, sounds like the notes are just soaring, mm-hmm. you know, just soaring through the air. Um, and it really gives it a, such a distinctive, you know, sound. Um, and uh, and I, uh, when you mentioned, yeah, I've heard both versions that it's either John using, you know, controlling the pedal or turning the knobs, and I haven't yeah. heard either which which one that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, whatever it is, I I just you know it again shows how they're starting to experiment yeah. with, with different sounds, and I mean it's not anything really tricky but it just shows how they're thinking you know starting to think outside the box you know what what can what we else do here? Yeah. yeah exactly and it works mm-hmm. um you know as i said not executed perfectly but it really works um and i completely agree with you too with the percussion um that's another thing that makes this stand out and i've got to say the cowbell. Yes. I think the cowbell was a really nice touch. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that it, that's another thing that, uh, makes it, uh, stand apart. I mean, you know, more, more cowbell. Uh, always. <laughs> Sometimes that's true. Yep. Sometimes it's true. Um, you know, with that, in that, uh, bridge. And by the way, interesting choice that there isn't an instrumental section. Yeah. You know, notice that. I feel like, Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there's a number of George songs that don't actually feature a guitar solo, which is surprising yeah. for the lead guitar player. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah no, no lead, lead, real lead guitar part, no instrumental, but uh, but it works. I mean, I wonder if if that would have just been sort of a superfluous kind of addition. Yeah, it doesn't really need it. It doesn't. You know, no. it's a, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's a sort of a tight contained song i i think it it that was probably the right choice i i think that that really works um so i think this is there's so many distinctive touches on on this song and just an indicator of of how rapidly george is is growing Mm -hmm. um as a songwriter and how you know the beatles are are just rapidly you know just masters uh, becoming masters at at just adding these, you know, what are these little touches we can add to make, you know, to grab listeners and make this a distinctive sound. Yeah. And and of course they would just keep on doing that. Yeah. You know, as, <laughs> as they would go along, and and of course in Revolver, you know, in stereo they would do <laughs> yeah. that. Um, yeah. And uh, and so yeah, so the, I need you has always had kind of a special place in my heart because particularly with that volume pedal effect, I just thought, wow, that is really different. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I just have always uh, enjoyed it for uh, for that reason. Yeah. So. So I was thrilled when you when you offered me this nice. song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, one of the things you were saying about, you know, with kind of the rapidness of George's growth, you know, there's something to be said, I think, to people who don't, you know, when you're learning a, a trade or a skill, you know, if you have the ability to just soak in so much around you and just keep mm-hmm. kind of filing that away, you know, when... You know, he probably could have. Tra- I mean, we all heard uh, what's the one on anthology? You know what to do. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be a showstopper, um, but he kind of like just sat there and uh, you know, and just when you see you know other writers you know, making decisions and like doing things like that, and you're taking note of, well, the economy is great, and you don't need a solo here, so maybe like this song actually says everything it needs, and it's two and a half minutes, you know, as it is, you know, that's such a a skill to pick up that kind of ability to just 
you know, it's a blessing to have those people around you that are that skilled and talented and just take all that in. And then when you finally do put out something, it's great. Like it's something that's yeah. so good, you know? Yep, absolutely. I mean, that that's a good point. I mean, that in itself is a skill yeah. that, that you learn is is when to edit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you and he's know? just marinating in like the best environment to learn songwriting. Like yep. He's just soaking up from the best. Yeah. Yep. Lucky. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and I just one more thing to mention, you know, you were mentioning, yes, some of George's rhymes are are a little clunky here. I, I agree. They're not the best. Sure. Uh, but I still think, you know, when you compare this to Don't Bother Me, and by the way, I'm not trying to totally dismiss Don't Bother Me. Sure. I mean, that was that was good for for a first, you know, first song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for, so I'm not I'm not in any way trying to dismiss it, but I just think it, it this is definitely a step above it. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, in terms of, of vulnerability and and maybe a bit more, you know, insight. I mean, I I just think it's you know, it, it's it's definitely I think a little more sophisticated than than Don't Bother Me. For so, sure. but yeah. but uh, but definitely. It, it it got even better from here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even McCartney at times has leaned on oh, yeah. very simple. For sure. Like, rhyming sure. words. Like they're. They're all guilty of it. Yeah. And it's fine. Oh, like, you not bet. everything is, you know, words are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup. You know, <laughs> not every lyric is strawberry fields forever. Let's be real. And that's fine. There's room for all, for all here at right. the table. Well, it just. You bet. You know, it shows their growth. Yeah. Like yeah. it just. Yeah. It's so great that you can c a to z yeah and the the everything in between you Mm -hmm. know it's cool yeah what do you think of this one um i have a question first how does a nylon string sound different like you mentioned that yes um so the strings are made from nylon as you would as you would devise so it's (sighs) wait what are other strings are they metal steel yeah. Okay, I was yeah. like, or I'm bronze, like thinking of yeah. like you change strings, and I'm like, wait, they're not nylon. Think of like they? a Spanish guitar, uh-huh. how it's got more of a percussive feel because you're plucking these plastic strings uh-huh. instead of metal strings. Okay. So it's just got more of a, I guess, kind of sound, which is, I don't know, that's hard to do. Mm. Um, I will insert here a sound of a nylon string versus <laughs> a steel string acoustic for listening. All right. Yeah. Okay. Tighter sound, like it doesn't. Maybe it's it's not as resonant as a met, as like a steel string acoustic would be. Okay. Yeah. I I enjoy the the uh, the volume pedal guitar part. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool. It's it sounds different, like you said, Kit. Like it yeah. it doesn't sound like anything else. It almost like if I didn't listen to you tell me what it was, <laughs> it almost could be sort of like an organ or something like mm-hmm. that. Like not even a guitar. Like it's a really interesting. Um, sounds. I find myself wishing it was like maybe a little lower in the mix because sure. it's hard for me to hear the percussion. Like I have to really try right. mm-hmm. to hear everything going on behind it. And like, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the percussion like a little notable because it's not Ringo on, I mean, it's John on drum mm-hmm. <laughs> and Ringo on guitar wood the back of an acoustic yeah, guitar. like i mean that's sort <laughs> yeah. of like and cowbell bit, and yeah, the cowbell yeah like it's a bit notable like they're not playing anything different. specific like ringo's mm-hmm. low just going like tap 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 right. tap tap and john's just going snap tap 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 like it's nothing complicated right um not notable and that it's i don't good, think but that they saw it as different i don't think they saw it as notable like it needs to be a focal point mm-hmm. i think they're just they're trying new stuff yeah and it's all part of what they do. So it's not like the Beatles trying new things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that obviously would come, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I just wish it was like a little, like sure. the mix was a little different. I don't know. And maybe that just sometimes might be my their ears. songs are mixed like relatively quick and some things yeah. can be haphazard. Like mm-hmm. oftentimes percussion overdubs are super high in the mix. Like the tambourine will be the highest thing in a number of yeah. songs mm-hmm. or uh, the harmonica or the harmonica. Yeah. 
Well, and also, I love the I, <laughs> listeners, I'm making a face. <laughs> well, and I wish I wish Paul's bass would have been mixed yes. a little higher too, because yeah, he's doing, as you pointed out, some great bass, mm-hmm. uh, great bass in this. You know, very subtle but but complicated. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I wish that had been mixed. So that's that's a very good point about the mix. Yeah. This is why we need a, a, a remix of Help, guys. <laughs> yeah. Don't gloss over coming? this. Don't gloss over it for the Red and Blue album. Just give us everything, please. Darn that, right. Do no you think, one knows. Is, oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> no one knows. Um, the the volume. Kid might know. Oh. You know? <laughs> yeah, I have. A, I've heard so many conflicting stories. Yeah. I don't know what to believe now. <laughs> I mean, it's just incredible. Were we supposed to get a new song and like now no one's that's gone radio silent with yeah, now and then. Yeah, it's just it's incredible. Yeah. I I just don't know what to believe now. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> They're just taunting yeah. y'all. I, I actually had this exactly. Thought, I had this thought earlier today. I don't know why. Like. Do you think they might just pull this project, just shelve it? I don't know. Like I, I just don't know. Because I heard like they they postponed the announcement because of Taylor Swift's announcement that she had. That's what I heard. And then mm-hmm. now the Stones have taken up all this air with their project, and so right. now it's like, well, God, do you put them in the Christmas market where they're competing against everything else? Does this get pushed to next year? Do they just scrap it and put this yep. song out with something else? Who knows what's going to happen? Exactly. Listeners. Yep. Ah, it's a, it's a, a tizzy we're in. I mean, I, yeah, I like, know. Why do they have to bother? Like, it's the Beatles. You're, people are going to buy it. Like, just put it yeah. out. Like, what? Agreed. But, like, they also want it to be, like, a cultural a moment. They want it to be a, a yeah. they want to have their moment. And I get that. Like, everything has had its moment with them. And, like, they want to continue yes. that. So, right. They want to have so... a number one in whatever format it's in. Like, they don't want to all of a sudden. Olivia Rodrigo surprise releases a record and it sucks all the air out of the room. So that's how it is. So needy, stop, these guys. Yeah, yeah, stop playing with our emotions and release the damn thing. Come on. Put it on 17 colors of vinyl and we'll all buy it and it'll be fine. There right? you go. Goodness. There you go. Goodness. Go on. I'm sorry. Uh, you're oh, sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, the guitar part does seem to go like off course at the end and that sort of makes me a little twitchy. Yeah. Like that last ten wow, seconds, wow, 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 wow. Oh, it's like yeah. it gets really like it sort of loses course, and I'm like, like so. The, re- the reason a volume pedal is is tricky is kind of the purpose of it is you're losing the initial attack of finger or pick on the string. Mm-hmm. When you hit that string, you lose you're you're killing that because you're you want to kind of like fade into it, but, right? But the fade has to be ideally is like a spe- you want it to be you want to have the note hit at the right time in the beat. But you're also taking away that moment when you yeah. take away the attack. So it's a really weird thing to try and do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like if I had more free time, I could go into Pro Tools and clean up that track and <laughs> put all those parts where they should be. But yeah. Peter Jackson, I'm it coming is, for your job. Right, right. <laughs> it, it, it is, and that's where it, it makes sense that two people are doing it because it's a lot easier for one person to know the inner count in their head. Mm. Like, if you and I are trying to count to four and doing the same thing but not necessarily talking, like counting one, two, three, four together, uh-huh. like, you're going to hit one, two, three, and four at different points, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what makes it tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And John's timing can be wonky sometimes. Mm. Interesting. All of Interesting. our timing can be wonky. Yeah. We're not all well, yeah. you know They held it together for, what's the song, like 220? Yeah, about that. I think yeah. they held it together for 210. That's pretty good. I'm going to call, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that in the W column. Yeah, give them the win. Congrats, Beatles. You won. <laughs> it has been decided. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's a, it's a pretty good song from someone that's not named Lennon or McCartney, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> it's yeah. not terrible. It's not amazing. I like that it shows his growth and they're trying a thing that ends up sounding pretty cool and original. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice that he's opening up and being a little vulnerable. I enjoy that. Like, it's mm-hmm. good. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this, you know, because he's showing this vulnerable side and I don't know necessarily what the status of their relationship is in late 64, early 65, but the two songs he comes to the table with are I Need You, which is a song of atonement and openness and willing to 
you know, humble oneself to resolve a situation and mm-hmm. you like me too much, which is, yeah, I screwed up, but what are you going to do about it? Like it's <laughs> two very different very sides different. of the same argument from one person. It's like, wow, that's the duality of man in two mm-hmm. songs right there. Mm-hmm. A very complicated yeah. man at that point. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I definitely like this, uh, this song over you like me too much. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, it's like, what you like me too much is okay. I mean, sure. it's, it's not terrible. I mean, you know, but I, I just think in terms of, you know, the, the uh, lyrical content, the, uh, and, and innovation, uh, you know, creativity. I, I like this one yeah. much better. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at 110, do we think that's far off or in the right ballpark? Where would you put it, Kit? Oh, gosh. I, I think that's probably, that's fair. fair. Uh, I think that's in the right ballpark because, you know, it's it's definitely, as I said, it's a it's a step you know, it's a step mm-hmm. in his growth mm-hmm. uh, as uh, as a songwriter. Obviously, he got better and better and better. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but I definitely give it points, you know, major points for its creativity. It's a, a kind of experimental nature. Um, you know, it's distinctive sound. Um, but he had a little growth to do, growing to do for uh, his lyrical content. But points for the vulnerability for sure for sure, for sure. And he's not often very vulnerable in songs like no he really does not go that way very often mm-hmm. so, absolutely yeah. what do you think ballpark I, yeah i'm i'm good with it i'm not going to debate this one at all i'm taking this as a win because i might not get hate mail this week <laughs> i had some really rough comments this past Ooh. week <laughs> Ooh, really? i mean at least you admit you blew oh, it oh yeah oh yeah yeah like yeah, I had uh, here, there, and everywhere at one eleven. Ooh, <laughs> ooh! Yeah. Listeners, you cannot see yeah. Kit's face right now, but she looks like she just ate an entire lemon. <laughs> yeah, I got some really interesting comments this week. Uh, but I also got some really yeah. positive comments too, which I like, took care of it. But I admitted, you know, I was maybe in a mood when I listened to it that week and did the ranking and. <laughs> I just must not have been in the mood for a beautiful romantic song that's wonderfully written and composed. But yeah, <laughs> I hope I hope this week everyone's in agreement with me and and I don't feel any pangs of uh, anxiety. Maybe you have maybe it's just this is like the last week before it goes completely off the rails and be. you get yelled at for the next three years of your life. This very well. Could you sure be. you want to do this? <laughs> this very well could that's be. all right. There's still time to redeem yourself. That's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my, oh goodness. my goodness. Well. I think we've done it, gang. Uh, before we wrap for the day, do you have time for some rapid fire questions? Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 <laughs> I think I can do it. All right. Okay. Uh, your favorite George song within Beatles? Oh, within the Beatles. Sure. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Um, probably something. Yeah. I think that was mm. his finest moment. Yeah. Do you have a favorite solo George song? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's really hard. Uh, probably Isn't It a Pity? I think Ooh, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Which version of his? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's just so nerdy. The all things must pass version. Yeah. I, I've got to go with that. Got to do you it. like this? <laughs> Why do you do this? <laughs> do you have a least favorite George Beatles song? Oh, man. Um, mm. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Um, it's uh, It's on Extra Texture. <laughs> pretty much all like i'm not most a big of extra texture <laughs> yes it's, it's pretty much most of extra his texture. name is legs <laughs> is it that yeah yes. <laughs> i just knew it was gonna be that song yes like, thank what? you, what you yeah i was just i don't know why i just had a brain fart over that but yes his yeah. name is Legs. nice yes. <laughs> <laughs> um do you have a favorite beatles film favorite beatles film I guess I'd have to go with A Hard Day's Night mm-hmm. uh, because it's just, I mean, what can you say? That's that's just, a, a you know, top to bottom, just, yeah. just so well done. But, you know, Help, you know, over the years, Help is a very close second. Yeah. I've really yeah. grown to love that film, mm-hmm. you know, so it's that's a hard hard choice so but probably hard day's night yeah by a slight margin and you know mm-hmm. i need you does not sound like it was recorded in a field at all <laughs> in <laughs> a windy cold field next to stonehenge <laughs> oh my gosh ringo ringo looks so miserable he looks in really that unhappy 
He looks really, I mean, he's just literally shaking. Oh my God. It's like, guys, we put the five foot seven guy who had a very sickly childhood in a field where it's 30 degrees (laughs) and windy. What are we doing here? Come on. I mean, that's just not, not a good thing. No. No. Guys, I thought we were going skiing in the Bahamas. What are we doing here? That was Ringo's compromise. Yeah, really. I just love like watching that because like his symbols are almost vertical from the wind blowing oh. so yeah. hard. It's like, jeez. Um. Yikes. And may, I, and may I say, I think help is also uh, their, maybe their peak in fashion. Oh, God, I thought they yeah. were fabulous in that. They I mean, so they're cool. They're close. They look so good in that movie. Like, Absolutely. An argument for browns and suede's and earth tones. Mm. Is Absolutely. Right yeah, exactly. <laughs> so cool. yeah. They look great. Ringo's haircut, not my favorite. No, I agree. It's That's very not so good. Um, little Lord Fauntleroy, uh, <laughs> John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin for a while. Like it's not that, great. I but, agree with that. Yeah. But but the clothes and every and everybody else looks great. great. Yeah, fabulous. Also, the reason that I want a sunken bedroom, like I've always yeah. wanted a sunken bed that just looks <laughs> around right. as hell. That's us. Yeah. We better done. do it now while we're young. Yes, now <laughs> let's do it. Go do it. Go do it. <laughs> Uh, last one, a Beatles song you used to maybe not like, but now you love it. Oh my gosh. That's a really um, hard question, hun. Sorry. <laughs> okay. No, no. You know, no, I, I can answer this. I used to hate Helter Skelter. Yeah. I, I really did. And over the years, I think it was when Paul started performing it live, mm-hmm. or, you know, over the years. And then I was like, you know, this song rocks. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that song is really awesome. I totally misjudge it. Because I guess when I when I first started listening to it when I was younger, I, it just sounded like a mess to me. Yeah. You know, well, and, and, and I think it, also it had like it had the Manson connotation. And it's yeah, it's kind of in the midst of like this stretch of kind of like dark, ominous stuff on that record so mm-hmm. it makes it a little bit creepier and kind of weird and it's very heavy and yeah and i, I just see that I, yeah i just when i was younger i'm just like i don't get this i don't like it and you know but then as time went on and and on and that kind of connotation faded and all, but mm. mainly it was seeing paul performing it live yeah. and i just thought what was i thinking this right. song <laughs> like rocking out yes. and banging my head and i'm just like this is great yes so now i now i love it you know now i totally get it yeah. you know but uh but yeah that that song took a while to to grow on me you know? i can totally now, see that now yeah. i love it nice yeah that's a good one mm-hmm. yeah Love it. Yep. Well, Kit, as always, this has been such a fun conversation. It's so nice to catch up with you and chat. Um, where can everybody follow along with everything you got going on? Uh, assuming that people that listen to this don't know what you're doing, which I doubt. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but let everybody know where they can find all your podcasts, the class at Monmouth, etc. You bet. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook uh, at uh, Kiddo Tool Keynotes. Uh, that's that's my uh, professional page. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter or X or whatever it's be- called these <laughs> days, <laughs> whatever, um, at, uh, at Kiddo Tool. Uh, and I am in the midst of rebuilding my website. My website's kiddotool.com. So uh, just, just keep... Uh, visiting it i am as i said it's under construction now but it will be back very soon so uh but right now probably the best places to follow me are on uh, facebook and twitter and uh talk more talk you can see uh visit us at talkmoretalk.com and also um toppermost of the poppermost uh is uh toppermost of the poppermost dot uh, dot org actually oh, i'm sorry dot net dot net uh we just put up our site and uh and then as far as monmouth goes uh you can find the link to my classes um on twitter on uh, my facebook page and you'll find all the information for how to sign up for my classes so Excellent. i think that's everything mm-hmm. lovely Sidebar, toppermost of the poppermost is very fun to say in here. <laughs> I know. Yep. Also a very long website. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. But yes. believe it or not, we had to go with net because toppermost.com was, was taken. Wow. It was taken. I'm going to assume yep. that it's a Beatles related website. The dot com. It's got to be. It's got to be. <laughs> very cool. 
Well, Kit, as always, this has been so much fun. Thank you for doing this. And we've got a hundred and nine Quick more. Math. Quick math. <laughs> so uh, hopefully we'll have you oh, back okay. on again soon. And we'll, you know, maybe we'll do it in person if we come up for the uh, Beetle Fest. Ooh. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Would love it. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good one. We'll talk to Thanks, you soon. Kit. Sounds good. The wonderful Kit O'Toole, everybody. So much fun. She's I love great. talking to her. She's great. She's so sweet. Yeah. She knows so much stuff, and I love. So I just like the things. way that she approaches these conversations. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah, we need to go to the Beatles Fest, man. Okay, we gotta do it. Okay, the people have demanded it. No, they haven't, but <laughs> I have demanded it. <laughs> Maxwell demands Maxwell it. Maxwell demands it, don't you, buddy? Maxwell's our dog. In case you don't know, he's yeah. looking at us like, "Where are you going? Please don't leave again." Am I going with? <laughs> uh, friends, what do y'all think about "I Need You" at one ten? Uh, are we too high? Are we too low? Or just like old Baby Bear's porridge, mm. are we? Just right. Yeah, we. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Doctor John time. Yeah, you're oh right. My gosh. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments wherever you listen to Ranking the Beatles. Whether you're looking for us on Facebook, you can find us there at Ranking the Beatles. Or maybe you're looking for us on Instagram, we're there at Ranking the Beatles. And if you're looking us looking for us on, I'm still gonna call it Twitter. Yep. If you're looking for us on Twitter, we're there at... Ranking Beatles. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Hopefully you don't drag me over the coals uh, like last episode. <laughs> I felt a little bad, but it's, it's okay. I also we got some really nice comments, so okay. I felt way better. Uh, let us know what you think. We hope you're enjoying it. Um, be sure to tell a friend if you have not yet done that. Um, check out RankingTheBeatles.com for all your Ranking the Beatles needs. T-shirts sweatshirts uh the seasons are changing soon guys fall's coming hoodies are available at rankingthebeatles.com jumpers for those of you who are more appropriate yeah <laughs> uh but yeah check all that out grab yourself a rank your own beatles poster and rank your beatles yourself and uh let us know what your rankings are um anyway guys i hope that's uh i think that's it i think we're good we did it we did it wrap it up we did the thing 110 i need you We'll see you next week wah, wah, for one. Wah. <coughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week for 109, whatever that's going to be. I don't even I know. I know, but I'm not telling you. I just don't oh. remember. But, all right. We'll see you next week. That's it. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Julia. Adios. Bye, y'all. <laughs>